Stop the Press Demo. Two for one tickets to the Wellness Summit are open. After not one, not two, but three salad events, Marcus, the Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2016 for two days of powerhouse wellness with your favourite wellness couch host and Australia's wellness elite. Join us at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on September 10 and 11 for an inspirational, educational, fun, exciting, sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level. Now, two-for-one tickets to the summit are extremely limited and won't be available for long, so make sure you go to www.thewellnesssummit.com right now and get in whilst you can. This will be the biggest summit on record, folks. You'll see a 1,000 people there. You do not want to miss this one. Pop the date to the diary and see you there. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. Brett, you, me, two weeks in a row. I know, I know. But Damien's here in spirit he because was. we spoke to Damien just a few moments ago. He was in the car driving around to one of his rock star performances um, <laughs> and, uh, and so he couldn't be with us but, uh, but he gave us a topic to talk about. This is, so today is Lawrence and Brett talking about Damien's topic so we're kind of all here in spirit. <laughs> that's right, that's right. We just felt that uh, his uh, audio um, on their car was just not uh, up to scratch for the Wellness Guys uh, episode. So, uh, <laughs> it was ordinary. Yeah, yeah. It would have been okay with the first 10 episodes we did, but uh, now that we're up to like 242 now, I don't think, you know, it's up to scratch. So, um, so Brett, what are we going to talk about, man? I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this topic because this is definitely Damien's favorite topic. Uh, I know he's been trying to bring this up. Uh, he kind of brings it up once in a while. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know that he has, you know, I know how he has his opinion on it and I'm sure we'll share that. And then I think we're just going to have a, a discussion around this because I think, I don't know. I see both sides of this, this this type of topic here. I think we all have a slightly different take on it, so I think it's going to be great. We're just going to project Damien's take into the conversation, and we'll just speak for him, and then we'll put our take on it, and it'll be great. But we're going to talk about extremes. Um, and as you said, this is one of Damien's favorite topics uh, because he likes to talk about extremes and, and people who are going too extreme. And, and that is a real challenge, I think, in our society now where there are people who are, who are going too extreme with their health and well-being and, and there are, you know, diagnosable medical conditions, you know, orthorexia now where people are, you know, getting obsessed with the extreme to the detriment of their health as opposed to the benefit of their health and wellness. Um, so, but as you said, Lawrence, you know, there's a there's, there's pros and cons, and, and that's what I love about you, Lawrence. I love the fact you've always got the ability to look at both sides of the equation and uh, and figure out, you know, what are the pros and cons of each side of the equation because there's no right or wrong when it comes to health and wellness. So yeah. let's get started, Lawrence. Or, or what, the what? What the? What did you say? <laughs> oh my, man, I've never heard of that before. You've never heard of orthorexia? No. No, anything uh, anything that's longer than about eight, eight characters, I kind of just tune out. <laughs> Lawrence, you told me that you'd read my book, Nourish Without Nagging, and I actually mentioned orthorexia in my book. So okay. There you go. I'm I'm a, I might have read it. I might have, should have said it. I should have looked it up in the dictionary. <laughs> I love that. 
that's classic. Uh, so, what do you think about extremes, Lawrence? Oh, uh, you know, like it, it, I think you know the the topic. Okay, so let's let's give Damien's um, slant on this because then that will sort of set this up, right? Uh, Damien's slant on is that you know he has a I think a, a, I don't know if it's a problem for him, but we'll just we'll call it a problem because he's not on the show. We can talk anything about <laughs> him and what his opinions are, then <laughs> so you can correct it on the later episode. Let's talk about Damien's problems. <laughs> that's right. So, so Damien has a, a big issue um, from the time that I've known him. He has a really big issue with people um, taking a, a really extreme stance on, especially when it comes to health, uh, regards to either be diet or exercise um, or the way they think about a particular thing. So, for example, uh, when someone, uh, no one in particular says, you know, you should never eat sugar, right? Ever. Mm-hmm. And then almost like, and then everybody is, you know, it becomes a trend and a fad. And even like today, actually, I saw this big um, billboard on the, on a side of a bus and it is like literally said, no sugar. Like it was, I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Like, where's this from? And it was like just some energy drink or some water company or something like that. And I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like how two or three years later now that trend is definitely picking up by big marketing companies, right? Um, so, or it could be, um, less, I mean, I know we've had this discussion a few times, like paleo, you know, can, you know, for, for, yeah. for, for Damien was saying that some people just go too extreme by just going to, oh, it's only paleo, nothing but paleo and yeah. vegan or vegetarian or, you know, crossfitting or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like he, he has this big, um, not an issue with that, but you know, he just feels that by someone going, you know, taking one extreme, uh, whether it be diet, exercise, or whatever it is in life. Productivity. Yeah, productivity, or yeah, scheduling, or, you know, it just becomes, um, it it just forces people to actually cause more stress in their lives than actually benefit. So I think that's, I think that's his main concern is that, and there's also the stickability. I think that the, the Mm. the, the issue with that is for him is that, um, I believe anyways, is that, is that people, can't sustain it it's unsustainable for long term so yeah. um i think that's the stance would you agree with that yeah i think so and, and i think it's really important to to be, talk about because i think there, there is a spectrum there of you know extremes um and the, the difficult thing i guess is to figure out what is extreme you know because what is extreme for one person may be perfectly normal for another person you know and mm. so some people if you use you know the paleo example you know i look at paleo and think well this just makes sense it's just sensible you know it's just eating the whole real food it makes sense to me it's easy for me it's something that i love to do and i feel really good about and so for me that's not extreme at all whereas mm. for someone else who has a you know a different take on food and who loves their bread or their pasta or their beer or you know whatever it happens to be then for them paleo is really extreme and would actually be stressful for them and possibly more detrimental than beneficial to their health at least in the short term because of the amount that it's going to stress them out um and it may not be something that they can stick to and and whether that's because you know there's other work they need to do in terms of you know figuring out why they would want to do it and their goals and their dreams and you know all those sort of things or whether it's just not for them which is certainly the case for some people then for other people that is extreme and possibly too extreme for them. But the challenge, I guess, is figuring out, well, what then is extreme and what isn't extreme? You know, what, what is extreme for this person as opposed to what's extreme for that person? And who gets to decide? Mm. Who gets to draw that arbitrary line, I think, is a really kind of interesting question. I, I really like that. I like that slant on that because, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, for, you know, 
for me, like I'm pretty, you know, I don't know what do you want to call it, you know, balance, good eating, whatever, right? Um, I don't take any stance on any particular diet, uh, you know, but yeah. for someone else, they will look at me and go, wow, he's like, he only eats healthy food. Like that's the impression that people get from of me. Just yeah. I'll t- I can take my experience only because, you know, from what when generally if I go somewhere and people know me, it's like, oh, he, you know, this is like going to the States, for example, or going to some friend's place. He goes, you know, we have a friend, uh, Tristan, uh, in common, right? He goes, uh, yeah. when we're going for dinner, say, just we're in. And he goes, oh, you know, what, what do you, what do you have to, you don't, you know, are you one of those uh, paleo guys only and no bread stuff or like, you know, so he's got this impression of me, even though he doesn't know like, you know, that yeah. much about me or what I but eat. Basically he thinks I'm really weird. So he thinks you must be weird. Yeah, exactly. He actually does call it, goes, are you that like the weird, you know, Brett Hill type <laughs> of diet, you know, stuff and like, so, um, and, and that's the thing, like for, for some people, like just eating healthy and clean is actually extreme for a yeah. majority of the people uh, on the population, probably not for the listeners on the show, but for some people in the general population, um, that's extreme. Where you know, for us, maybe McDonald's is extreme for us, right? But for them, it's like that's the norm. So that's a really good perspective, I think, that you t- you know have a take on that actually question. And you know, as I said, it's different for everybody. Like Lawrence, I went to the wellness breakthrough, obviously, because <laughs> we were running. You were there. Um, <laughs> I was there, and uh, but I sat in on your productivity session, and I thought it was fantastic. I got so much out of your productivity, and Thank when you. you went into detail of how productive you are in your life, I was blown away. And I went away from that thinking I need to be exactly like Lawrence. Like I need to be that. You know, if I want to get the results Lawrence is getting, I'm going to have to be just like Lawrence and be just as productive. Hashtag and be like Lawrence. I know. Hashtag be like Lawrence. I'm going to have to get myself one of those blue shirts. I'm going to have to get myself a groovy background with graffiti on the wall. You know, all those. I'm going to have to get some hair products. Um, but I, but I came away from that. And then you know, it was actually it was only this morning I was thinking about this, and I went, Do you know what? I'm not Lawrence. And I actually realized that for me to do my life the way that you do your life would actually really stress me out. Mm. Now, that's not to say that I didn't learn heaps from that productivity session. And it's not to say there aren't heaps of great strategies and tools that you shared that I can implement into my life in my own way that are actually make me move a little bit more towards Lawrence and be more productive in my life and get more done and be more efficient and balance my life better because absolutely there is stuff I've taken out of that that I will do all of those things. But it means that I need to figure out what productive looks like for me and what scheduling looks like for me um, because it is going to be different to what it looks like for you. And that's not to say that you're extreme and you're wrong. It's just to say that you're different. You're Lawrence Tam and the way Lawrence Tam does things at his best is different to the way Brett Hill does things at his best. Hmm. And that's great. So, you know, you can learn from all of these different experiences. You can learn from all these different fields of all these different people. But at the end of the day, you've got to figure out what works for you. And it's got to be, you know, what makes you happy? You know, what makes you happy and and what makes you healthy? And, And that's really the key. Because if you're going on to an extreme diet, and it's making you miserable, you know, in fact, we had a talk last night in Adelaide from Dave Nixon, you know, and he said, one of the things he said was, you know, having a great chat with mates over a beer is healthier for your body than bitching over a salad. <laughs> I just thought that was a great, simple sentence, right? Yeah. So if what the activities you're doing are actually causing more stress for your body than positive benefits to your body, if it's a net negative effect on your body, then that doesn't make heaps of sense. And so that's where I think Damo is going with those extremes, saying, well, you know, for some people who are forcing themselves, denying themselves, stressing themselves out – trying to do this quote-unquote ideal that probably is actually someone else's ideal, not their own ideal, mm. then that can be more detrimental than beneficial for the body. Yeah, well, so the, the, there's, there's, here's where I kind of differ a little bit because I think 
Um, I agree. I agree with the, you know, going too far or going one way can be detrimental, but here's the flip side of that. The flip side of this is that, um, let's take the productivity thing, right? So most people think I'm very highly productive and I produce a lot of, you know, I get a lot of stuff done and that's absolutely, but see, in my opinion, this is going back (laughs) to the subjective stuff, right? In my opinion, I, I, I don't, I feel like I am so I'm such a procrastinator and, and I'm, I'm so far from produ- uh, producing. Now, this is just a subjective I, thing, right? I wish I could be as unproductive as you are. <laughs> so this is where the, the subjective thing comes from, what you mentioned at the, right at the beginning. I think this is a really interesting conversation. So like, I feel like one of my, you know, the reason why I, I'm structured, like the reason people think I'm structured is because they, they think that I'm actually very productive, but I can tell you if I've left to my own devices, I'm, I'm really bad. I'm really, really bad. I'm very unstructured and I procrastinate and I get nothing done. And th- th- here's the thing. I recognize in my life though, um, in about, you know, a year, the last couple, over the last few years is that I recognize that if I continue doing the way I function, the way I li- live my life, say three, five years ago, that I would get nothing done. Like, and I was having moments of where I came up. I don't know if you've ever had this, Brett. It's like at the end of the day, uh, I felt so like I, I got stuff done, like in the sense I mm. you know, worked all day, but I felt like I didn't accomplish a single thing. Yeah. I don't know if you ever felt that there. way. We've yeah. And, and that, that feeling of just not like feeling like you just done a whole bunch of stuff, but really had nothing to show for it. That day sucks. Like I really feel like I feel dirty almost. It's just like, what, like, what did I waste my time on? Like I just literally just wasted my time, not spending time with the family, not spending time with my wife, not spending time with my kids doing stuff that didn't matter. And I didn't even move one step closer to, if anything, I probably moved two steps back. And now you, it's okay to have a few, a few of those days, but I was actually having these days, day in, day out, weekend, week in, week out. And that's when I got frustrated. I was like, you know what? This is actually causing more stress. Like more, more stress than it would be if I actually became productive. And that's where I had to kind of really yeah. study and adapt some structure, quote unquote, structured format that actually helped me. Now, everything I taught on that day, like, yeah, sometimes I, I'm, I'm, I stick to it. Sometimes I don't. Right. But the thing is, is that what I know is working. I'm constantly changing. I'm always adapting something new. Like if you speak to me, uh, you know, three months from now, I'm probably adapted to something new technique because I can't, st- it's very hard to kind of maintain like exactly be- what you just said is because I take the best of what I learned and then fine tune it and i take the best what i can learn and i fine tune it a little more and, and adapt it to my life now does that mean it can you know work well for brett hill of course not because brett you don't get up till like 10 o'clock in the morning right so <laughs> just, okay it depends um, if i've got the kids or not yeah that's right so like everybody's different everybody you know i i, I fully i know uh, encourage everybody like i mean to think about this because even just from a productivity point of view like some people are morning people some people are night owls like there's no right or wrong right it's just yeah. that some people just are way more productive than i tell i used to be productive i used to like stay up till like midnight two o'clock in the morning but that was what before kids right and after once i had kids i, I just knew like that was just unsustainable for me and um once i got past 30 years old it just didn't work past midnight i just you know i wasn't very productive so anyway so let's take that i'm using that as an example so my slant on this is this is that i think like I believe that the important to help you shift out of the crap that you're actually living. Because for me, what, what I would, don't want to have in my life is to stay exactly in the same position, you know, a year from now, five years from now and 10 years from now and living in that regret. I could have done something about it. And sometimes you need shift and majority of the people I think will actually fall somewhere in the middle between the extreme and comfortable. 
Um, but the, it took the extreme to kind of stretch them. I think that's what the wellness breakthrough did. I believe that the wellness breakthrough, because it's compressed into two or three days, it had to do that. It had to, you have to kind of go in extremes on certain things to push your limits, to push your boundaries so that you're never the same. You stretch so much. It's almost like taking um, uh, uh, something that's plastic or stretchable, like an elastic, and you stretch and stretch it. Stretch is so extreme that it can't go back to its original form. That's what I believe um, th- that that extreme does. It, and it, I think that actually has a benefit. It doesn't mean that you stick to that extreme for the rest of your life because sometimes that's unsustainable, right? Yeah. And yeah, so I see the same thing with people doing, for example, 30 day challenges. You know, they might do the whole 30, the whole 90, whatever it is, uh, where they take on paleo diet, for example, and they do decide, deliberately decide that they're going to do it extreme for a month or for a couple of months or whatever it happens to be. And, and there's pros and cons of doing that. You know, the pros are that I think for lots of people, they don't realize what healthy is. You know, they don't realize what normal feels like. You know, they, they've had their ill health or their lack of function build up on them for such a long period of time that they've forgotten what it feels like to feel good. And so taking on something like that 30-day challenge, even though it's extreme, can be a great opportunity for them to remember what it feels like to feel good. You know, what's possible in terms of their energy, what's possible in terms of their productivity, what's possible in terms of their their health, inflammation, all those other things that can change within their body. And so it kind of just resets their caliber. You know, it resets their idea of what's normal, what's possible, what they might like to aim for, um, and allows them to then start thinking differently. But, you know, if all you do is the extreme and the short term and you're not able to make sustainable change, then I think what Damien said is exactly right. You know, if all you do is do it once, fall off the wagon and then never do it again, well, what's the benefit, right? If all you do is do this extreme challenge, fall off the wagon, do it again, fall off the wagon, do it again, fall off the wagon, then you're not actually making any progress forwards. You're not actually making long-term change. In fact, you're probably actually stressing your body out more and causing more detrimental effects to your body. Detrimental effects to your body. So, you know, at some stage, you then have to sit back and say, well, how can I make more longer-term, more sustainable changes? And that may well mean that you need to make it more slowly. It may well mean you need to plan those changes a little bit further ahead. Um, it may mean that you need to you know, take smaller increments of change at a time. And, and it may mean that you never get to that absolute extreme. You know, that may not be the best for you in the long term, but it may mean that you just get a bit closer to that. Mm. You know, I think, as you said, Lawrence, there's, an, there's a benefit to doing those extremes. Um, and there's a reason why that might not be, you know, why it can help you in the long term, but it's not necessarily the strategy that's going to help you get long term change. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's, it's like the extremes, um, you know, you know, whether it be going to like a, an intensive or going the way, you know, on, on a breakthrough of some sort like that, or, you know, just deciding in the moment that you're going to go do something that, you know, like a challenge, like the Spartan race that I did last yeah. year, or, um, you know, uh, um, you know, maybe going to like a, going join CrossFit or CrossFit or whatever. It doesn't really matter. The the thing is, is that what it does is it shakes the foundation. It shakes the the, the fundamental thinking about what is possible. And that's the key question. Is that most people, and I really realized this in the last uh, year or so in my life, is that. I don't know what's possible for me. Like, I don't know what, yeah. what, what a limitation and, mo- and the most, if you look at the most successful people in the world, I'm talking like highly successful people, not necessarily in business, but just in life and what they can able to accomplish. You don't know what they don't know what they can accomplish, but unless they give it a go, um, you know, that they're not going to, they're not going to discover that. And so let's take CrossFit, for example, and then not to, to harp on CrossFit or anything, but I didn't know, I didn't think I could do it. And I actually stopped. I didn't even consider it for a very long time. It just so happens that I moved across the country 
country and move to a different city, and I had to go start something. And I resisted against it a long time because of, of you know previous injuries in my back and, and thinking there's no way I could sustain this. And it was not only um, when we made the decision I need to find a new gym and a, a new exercise and new trainers, and so therefore I just gave it a go. And did I, you know, that was it? That was a huge shift for me. And even though that it was a big shift, I the commitment was there, but. Did I just do like all the regular CrossFit exercise right away? Hell no. Like it, it, it we, they, they put us into what's called an on-ramp class. They, they actually on-ramped us for at least three to four weeks before you even do, do any of their exercises, right? They prepared us slowly, um, to kind of get back into it. So I think that what you're saying is, is pretty much the same is that you got to commit to something big that will allow you to stretch you, but doesn't necessarily mean you have to go complete right away like it does take one step at a time like you know that's what your book was about right uh you know how to eat an elephant is is taking one chunk at a time and it reminded me of this uh podcast i was listening to uh they interviewed a guy named greg clunas and this is exactly how i think and i've talked about this many times it's about chunking it's about taking tiny steps to achieve optimal performance rather than trying to um trying to take big steps and jumping through them and so one of the examples he used and i love this example he's like what we typically do is we get people to try to do things that are almost too too far of a jump or too far of a leap now for some people like it's all subjective right some people they can right so for example we at the breakthrough we had varying exercises didn't we right so which means that we didn't expect everybody to do you know what we told them to do what we did we had to break it down because some people uh, a five minute exercise routine is really hard right where a five minute exercise routine for for someone like ash you know bedford it's like it's easy but the difference was that we had to what what you know i designed the exercise program there for that day was that it didn't matter how fit or unfit you were, you were going to, it was going to, you were going to be pushed. Right. And so it's the scale. And so for, you know, one person to walk, that was hard. Right. Some people for like walking to the other side was hard work. Mm. Whereas, you know, for someone who was fitter, you know, sprinting to the other side might've been harder. Right. Um, And so one of the things he said was uh, with this Greg Clinton says, guys was saying, you know, rather than saying, okay, I'm going to commit myself to flushing my, uh, um, flossing my teeth every night right? Which is not that hard. But he says, basically, you want the next step, the one thing you want to commit to so stupidly simple, like stupidly yes. simple, yes. that it becomes like, it's so dumb not to continue. So he said, rather than saying committing yourself to flossing your teeth every day is to kind of go, I'm going to floss one tooth every night, right? It's, it's, it's dumb. Like who's going to floss just one tooth, right? Because you already started the process, but you, you're setting yourself for, to success. But if you can start with one, you're most likely going to at least floss the rest of your teeth, right? And so that's the, uh, a perfect example of, of, you know, have a commitment, like a bigger goal, but with the action you take it is just chipping away at it, making it smaller uh, chunks. Yeah, absolutely, Lawrence. And you know what, Lawrence? Just so you know, I've been had I've been eating an elephant as well, chunking off one little bit at a time. And so I've one of the things I've done is I've finally gotten How to Eat an Elephant onto Kindle, onto the Amazon store. So if people <laughs> want to get it, they can actually get it finally there now. So that's my eating an elephant bit as well. But one Took of the things I want to talk to you about, Lawrence. <laughs> One of the things I'd be fascinated to talk to you about is about surrounding yourself with extremes because one of the things that popped into my head as you were talking before and you were talking about how you don't think you're very productive and I thought to myself, well, one of the reasons you probably don't think you're very productive is that you surround yourself with people who are extraordinarily productive. So you were talking at the breakthrough Mm. about a mentor of yours and the way he does his productivity and it was even more extreme. It was like it was out there in terms of the way he was managing his time. And so I want to ask you a question, Lawrence, is – 
Is it healthy then to surround yourself with people who are extreme? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, that's a really, really good question. I think so. Let me answer that by、um, I think in order for this to work, I think in order for you to surround yourself with extreme people, in order for it to work, you have to have very, very strong self awareness.、Um, yeah. So what I mean by that is that because if you don't If you don't have any self awareness of yourself on what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and and who you are as a person and what your strengths、mm. and weaknesses are, I think it's a dangerous territory to go into.、Mm, Because,、yeah. like what you're saying, is that you can get lost in your the the people that you surround yourself with, the mentors or the friends,、yeah. and that's when they take you down rabbit holes that you shouldn't go down to. And like I don't, I, there's no way that I would profess that my way is the best way. But I will just show you. Like I always preface everything I say that the, in my experience, this has worked for me. And what that means to you as a listener is to kind of go. I want you to take what I what I've learned or what I do, and I want you to adapt it to your lifestyle, to your、um, life, to your career, business. You know, to your way of thinking based on your strengths, your genius, your weaknesses, your habits and passion, rather than saying this is the way he does it, so I need to do it. Right, unless you have the same DNA cloth, you know the, the the way I function and what I do, then you really shouldn't necessarily copy everything that I say and do. And then that's what I tell my coaching clients: I don't expect them to be like me. I don't, I don't have scripts or they have to say things like because they can't be me. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm not that I'm unique.、Mm-hmm. I am unique, but I'm not that unique at the same time. So it's it's about creating framework. So to answer back to your question, I think that's a great question to ask, and I think it's important to surround yourself with people. That can force you to think differently. So I I like surrounding myself with with people who are not like everybody else because、mm. they change my thermostat. They change the way my brain works and how I see the world. And so maybe that's what it is. Like you know, I said I'm not productive. But that's because in relationship, right? Subjectively to the people that I hang around with, I'm so far away from productivity compared to what they do. But I'm also very self-aware of what the advantage and disadvantage、mm. um, are with what they do. So there are、um, friends or colleagues or mentors. I can see that hey, they can be very, very productive, and they they work you know fourteen, sixteen hours or whatever, right? And they get very, very little sleep. And they yeah, from a business perspective and career perspective, they've they're you know have accomplished a, a lot of great things. But I also know in the back, but I also have this filter in me to kind of go, but that's not necessarily what I want,、mm. right? But what I can do is take ten percent. Or twenty percent of what they do, and somehow incorporate into my life. But I think that takes a self awareness to do that. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, Lawrence. So, so it really comes back to you know how clear your vision is of what you want your life to be, of who you want to be, of what you want to experience in this lifetime. Because I think the clearer that vision is, then the easier it is to look at other people who are doing things that may perhaps be seen as extreme, and and figure out which bits of what they do. 
fit into your vision, right? Because as you said, it's no good. You know, if you are the type of person who is going to just idolize them, look up to them, do everything they do because you think that's the way it needs to be done, then then you're giving up your own vision to take on their vision, and that's going to be really stressful for you, really challenging for you. It may actually be detrimental to your health. Mm. Whereas if you know if what they're doing happens to be a hundred percent in line with your vision, well, then that may be okay. But no one's identical. You know, everyone's different. You know, no one has the same sort of verbiage as Lawrence. You know, he has his own unique little language, and so we can't be like Lawrence. <laughs> but you know, everyone's different. Right? So as you said, I think that that really clear vision is crucial. You know, the second thing you said, the self awareness is is so important. You know, is this me? You know, is this is this making me happier? Is this making me healthier? Or is this stressing me out and making it worse? And then the other thing is that critical analysis, that ability to sort of step outside of the picture and look down from above and figure out, you know, what works for me, what works for that other person but doesn't work for me, you know, which which bits of that can I take on board? And so it almost seems to me like, Lawrence, it's like the, the more clear your vision, the more self-awareness you have, the better you are at critical analysis, then the more you can surround yourself with the extreme people and, and learn stuff from them. But perhaps if you aren't in that stage yet, then you either need you maybe need to surround yourself with people who are maybe just a little bit different to you you know like they're still going to stretch you but they're not going to overwhelm you they're not going to you know you're not going to want to change everything in your life to be like someone else you're still going to be able to sort of work within a framework that's that's closer to you and where you want and what you want for your life D- does that sound right yeah no i th- absolutely think so cuz it's really important that you 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 had that stretch and the flip side of that, what, what you're saying though, is that sometimes the, you know, I'm going to just kind of be devil's advocate here. There, there's a, what we're saying is don't necessarily follow what everybody else is doing or follow what your mentor is doing. However, there's also people out there who's listening that have no clue where to begin, right? Have the, yeah. and it's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, I, there's certain things in my life. I don't even know where to start. So therefore, because I don't know where to start in those circumstances, I do have to follow some sort of plan or some sort of, um, for example, like I don't really cook that much, right? So if I were to have to start cooking for the family every single night and create, uh, prepare a meal, I'm going to have to follow some recipes. I'm going to have to follow some instructions because I don't even know where to begin. Right. So therefore, you know, is that extreme? Well, maybe like in, in, if I want to cook healthy, I'm going to have to go and research or do what those people do and just follow some sort of framework. And then once I sort of master up some, some, some skills, then I could then I can adapt accordingly. And so it's really important to kind of go recognize that this is where the self-awareness comes from. You got to really recognize where you're at. And sometimes like in your life, in certain things, like whether it be relationship, your career, your, your business or, or life, sometimes like you're not, you don't have the necessary skills to be able to make that judgment call. And if you don't, then it's okay. I think it's okay to follow someone, but at least choose someone, right? Or their path or their, at least choose someone that you actually want to be like, yeah. right? In a sense, in every way, not just a part of the way, like, because you don't have the self-awareness, then mm. it's okay. But just don't, don't just choose like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur, but you actually don't necessarily want willing to give away, you know, that you're going to work hard and actually create something. You need security. Like, you know, probably yeah. the worst thing to do to become an entrepreneur if you you have security issues, right? If you need to, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, don't go into stocks if you don't know anything about stocks or don't like risks, <laughs> in a sense. And so it's about investing in yourself, but investing in the right people that you actually gravitate to. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. You know, the other thing around that, Lawrence, is you need to get the whole picture. 
Because as you said, you know, you look at other people in business perhaps who are doing amazingly well at business, but it doesn't mean that their whole life is going great. You know, they may have miserable relationships. They may have, you know, a broken family. They may have, um, you know, other areas of their life, their personal life where they're not investing the time and, and other areas of their life may be suffering. But, you know, you follow them on Instagram and you may not necessarily see the whole picture. Mm. And so it's kind of important, I think, as well to try and, to try and look at, well, what would happen, you know, if I took on this, you know, this expert who is doing whatever they're doing and, and they're spending X amount of hours and they're doing all this work, you know, if I actually put that into my life, how would that look in my life? You know, how might that impact on all those other areas of my life, on my ability to eat well, on my ability to exercise, my ability to spend time with my family? You know, how is that going to impact on all of those other things? Because, you know, you, I just think, you know, you need to try and look at the whole picture. And that's not always easy. And, and that's what I think people need to be careful of, that they're not, you know, trying to be like someone's Instagram profile, because that's not necessarily a reflection of their life either. Yeah, it's only a part of it. And you got to be very, very clear on what part is that. And then it's also, is that something you want? Because you got to see the flip side. So always see the balance. I mean, just for example, like everybody says, oh, you know, love to start a podcast. Great. And they start one. They forget about all the aspect going, oh, I forgot I have to promote this. Oh, I forgot I have to edit this. Oh, I'm going to have to figure out how to actually upload it on iTunes. Oh, I forgot I actually have to go out there and actually tell people about this. And when, like all the stuff that, you know, yeah, yeah. recording and a podcast. I have to record every single week. Yeah. Recording yeah. the part is the easy part. Like all the, everything else that comes along with it is the hard part and making sure you're consistent. That's the stuff that people don't see. And so just be very, very clear on the objective that you're trying to achieve and also making sure that it actually fits into the life, the lifestyle that you actually want to. So, you know, let's leave it at that. I think we, we saw both sides of it and, uh, looking at extremes and hopefully you at least come away with this to kind of understand that, yes, there are circumstances that you need, you need extremeness to actually move you to shift, but also at the same time is that, Going too far in extreme can actually be detrimental to your health at the same time. So it's about finding that right balance for you. And each one of you listening to this is going to be different. And so what it comes down to is being being very, very self-aware in regards to your health and your lifestyle and your health and your from a wellness perspective. What what do you want to achieve? And how can you incorporate some of these techniques, styles, um, advice, and ideas that you hear on the show and all the other shows that you listen to? How can you incorporate that into your life that's actually going to be sustainable and actually cause the result that you actually want. I think that's really that's really important. So on behalf of Brett, myself, and also Damien Spirit, you know, I hope that you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com, the wellness guys and the wellness couch. Hope you like this podcast while you're there. I like this uh, particular Facebook um, post and also comment. We'll love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, but make sure you like us there while you're there. So share this podcast also with your friends or families, other strangers you think need a wellness update or actually need to hear this message. Please share this um, particular podcast with them. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, leave a comment there on iTunes. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.